Hi, I'm Lippy. And I'm Grumpy. Together we're Lippy and Grumpy Do Podcasting. In this episode, Lippy's starting DIY, a twatter has been spotted, racing pigeons with maps and a sinkhole update. Now, Lippy, you're in your new house. I am in a very makeshift studio, let's call it. Yeah, so there might be a little bit of echo and a bit of a creaking from your chair as well. A fair a lot and a bit of sniffing from my hay fever because it's hit me hard today. Yeah, well, I'll do my best to edit that out. Yes, the creaking and the echo is, is very difficult beyond my skills. Yes. Anyway, I know the move went well because I was there with the exception of the van. With, with the exception of the van, it was a very smooth and seamless day, I would say. Yes, I'd we say that We even got a too. lovely coffee break in the middle. Yes, we did. We discovered a lovely cafe about five minutes walk from your new house. Oh, not even that, I don't think. No, but it might be five minutes back with a full breakfast on board. That is true. That was all good. We won't go into a huge amount of detail. To be honest, I foresaw it happening and I didn't double check when I thought it was going to happen. So I should have done that. Oh, so it was your fault? It wasn't my fault at all, <laughs> thank you. I made the booking. They just didn't write it in the diary. Well, we ended up doing three trips with a smaller van, which actually worked fine. It did, yeah. The last trip was more of a just lob the whatever's left in. Yep, so all was good and we were sat down by about four o'clock. Ready for drinking dinner. Drinking and uh, ready for dinner, yeah. So that was all Definitely. good. So now you've got a massive DIY programme. I do and I'm so excited. I've been buying all my bits and all my paint and I've obviously borrowed some sanders from you and some wallpaper strippers and oh, i'm so excited yeah to be honest i never thought i'd see the day where goggles masks and sandpaper would appear on an amazon order with your name on it <laughs> to be honest the the sandpaper i don't think is even going to come in time because i left it too late oh no have you got a local branch of something that might sound like screw fix i have leftover sandpaper from when i did the door so i'm gonna okay. try and use that but I don't think it's the right size. But we'll have a go. If not, I'll try. I'll go to B&Q. Yeah, that should do it. Excellent. Well, we look forward to hearing about your DIY adventures next week. And how many fingers I lose in the process of sanding <laughs> down my walls. Yes, well, hopefully none. Fingers crossed, literally. So we've had a one-week break. We, we pre-recorded last week's podcast. So there was no mm. news or no listener feedback. No. So we've got a bumper amount of news and feedback to get through, yes, which is we good. do. So the first one was on the gram, as it's now known as in our household, the gram. And it's a the gram story, which I don't understand or do. But it was from Mini Matt, if you remember a couple of weeks ago. And he's on a camping trip down in the West Country. He spotted a twatter at Land's End and he took a did. photo of it. He did. I have yes. seen that, haven't I? Yes, very pleased to see that, but... Uh, don't quite know how you like a story or share it or do anything like that. So, uh, yes, so I didn't do any of that whatsoever. And following on from last week's kayaking piece mm. that we did, the frozen camper dropped me a photograph of her partner and her partner's daughter kayaking on the Cookmere, I think it is, near the Seven Sisters on the south coast. Ooh. And it looked like a lovely spot. Really, nice. really nice. Unfortunately, it's quite popular and limited parking, so you have to get mm. there very early. Or presumably, park further upstream and just paddle down. But then you've got to yeah. paddle upstream, which could be a bit tricky. It's a bit of a nightmare. Bit of a nightmare, yes. And good to see they were both wearing life jackets. 
Oh yeah, always. If it's is that in the sea? It's not quite the sea, but it's not far off it. No, we did it on a. Actually, we did wear life jackets on a very tame river. Can't remember now. Well, the thing is that rivers have rocks sticking out, and it's very mm. easy to tip out and bang your head on a rock. Yes, life jacket always a good idea. And a few weeks ago, we talked about Daleks and stairs. Davros had mentioned that they'd been climbing stairs for 30 years, which we Mm. poo-pooed. Yeah, we don't like that they climb stairs. Well, we don't like it. We didn't believe it was 30 years. (sighs) Nevertheless, in Private Eye last week, there was a letter, which Davros assures me was not written by him. (laughs) And it says, so Chris Owen, who is the original letter writer, is naive in using stairs to avoid pursuit by Daleks. They demonstrated a stair-conquering ability as early as 1988 during an episode titled Remembrance of the Daleks Part 1. And I sent a picture of this to Davros, and he said, Hugh Nerve knows his stuff. I still feel like I watched the first episode where they went upstairs. Well, you may well have seen what I thought was the first one. Apparently, Davros said if you, you blinked, you'd miss it. Okay. Sure, whether he's referring to the last thirty years or the, the <laughs> where they climbed the stairs. So, but yeah, thirty years, which is crazy. That's a long time to be climbing stairs. Oh, it's a long time to be fleeing from Daleks. So, a few weeks ago, I mentioned the sinkhole outside of our house. Yes, which had got a fair bit of attention. And there may be some noise in the background, and that is a massive machine laying concrete into the hole. Is that so the do, big Nunu-looking thing? I think so. Wife of Grumpy's just sent round some pictures of some pretty impressive-looking bits of equipment. Looks like the z- vacuum cleaner off the Teletubbies. Yes, it does, doesn't it? <laughs> yes, but quite a bit bigger. Anyway, they all pitched up on Monday, get the day right, and dug a hole, and I think they went through a gas pipe. Oh, so they no. then spent yesterday reconnecting people across the road via some yellow plastic piping bit of frantic activity yesterday and literally at five o'clock they've turned up with this big machine and filling it full of something or other so we're in a closed road situation so it's yes. literally right by our driveway and it actually comes up on google maps as closed as well which is quite so cool. can you get out of the driveway can get out getting in i have to reverse about 150 yards because there's mm. no way of and I have to reverse in. I can't go forwards because then I can't get out of the car because I'm right next to a hedge. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so it has to be backwards. So it means some quite nifty reversing. Oh, I do like a bit of reversing. Because I won't turn around, I have to use the mirrors. Yeah. Quite good. So hopefully that will all be done this week. Be quite Ooh, good. And no more collapsing drains. Well, we'll see how long it takes for it to sink again. Well, hopefully they've done it properly if they've bunged a whole load of concrete down there. But it is a worry that that was over a gas pipe. Yeah. So that could have fractured any moment, which is... Gas, massive gas leak that could have been. Yeah. yeah, not nice at all. Anyway, on a slightly different subject, just seen a posting on Facebook about racing pigeons, which is not something I would normally look at, but well, two friends of mine have, have reposted it. And it says, This weekend has seen one of the very worst pigeon racing days in our history. Out there are thousands of racing pigeons that are tired and lost, it would appear that solar flare activity was likely to have caused the problem. They still raise pigeons? Yeah. That's yeah, still I mean, a, it's a thing. Fun thing. Yeah, it's a fun thing. So what they That's do so is they cool. put... Yeah, it is really cool, actually. And they put them in on an articulated or quite a big lorry off to mm. one point. And they have some sort of ID on their legs, a little ring or something. 
So it's a little bit like in the First World War where they'd send yeah, use pigeons letters as and messengers. Things, yeah. yeah, exactly. So don't confuse it with Harry Potter, though, and owls, because that's different. No. Okay. I've seen the film. What's it? Um, Valkyrie? Is that what yes. it's called? With the pigeons. Yes. I love that yeah. film. It's a cartoon, though. Oh, yeah, that's good, though. Or animated. I can't imagine. That would have been a bit hard to do with real pigeons, Dad. They don't talk. Oh, that's very true. So anyway, so they take these pigeons that can't talk to a central spot and they let them all go at the same time. Mm. And then the pigeons will arrive at their destination and they, I think there's a timestamp for whatever it is so they can work out who got there the quickest. Yeah. But obviously, I mean, how they know the way is... Crazy. Strange. I've got no idea how that works. But obviously, solar flares come into it. So they've obviously got very confused about the flares and... Yes, and I think I read something about sharks. I think it was where they use magnetic poles mm. to to work out where to go. So maybe it's something similar. Are they given like a map, like to look at beforehand? Like how do they know that we want okay. them to fly there? Think that one through. No, I know. I understand that sounds really dumb, uh, but like, how, how do they know we want them to fly to a specific place? Well, no, they fly home. They take them on the lorry to a place oh, and then they fly home. That makes so much sense. So like when we were sending letters to people in France, we would use French pigeons and the Possibly. pigeons would get shipped to England. The letter would be added and then they'd be and then let, released and they'd fly back to France. Yeah, I don't know the mechanics of the First World War pigeons, but it would have been something like that, I guess. Interesting. I just thought there was some sort of weird... Like sonar, mind transferring information. What with a map? With a map. I have a, I have a vision of pigeons looking at maps now that I can't. <laughs> off. I think that has to go with the Lippiisms page. To be honest, pigeons looking at maps. <laughs> I thought they gave them a map. <laughs> you never know. I think you've reached a new peak. <laughs> it's been a very long and stressful week. Okay. Maybe. Maybe, maybe that's the reason. So also in the news this week was a gentleman who received a Father's Day card by accident from a very young child, actually a baby. And his partner saw the card, thought he'd been cheating and went absolutely berserk. I heard so, about this. Yeah, so she smashed his TV, laptop and personal phone before he could make it home. So presumably she opened the envelope. Yeah, she opened his post. Yeah. She should be sent to jail for that. You can actually, that is illegal. Yeah, it's a criminal offence opening somebody's post. Yeah, so it was one of these online card printers and senders. And they just got it a bit wrong, that was all. So that could have gone horribly wrong. That could have. Well, it kind of did. She smashed up his everything. Yes, I know, but imagine if he'd been there. I got you a cracking Father's Day card. I was I was very impressed with. Myself. Yes, you did. That was that was very good. I'll, I'll take a photo of that and stick it on whatever it is that we stick these on the gram. That's the on one. the gram. On yes. the gram. Apparently, the chap has forgiven his partner, but I'd be very worried to be honest with that uh, sort there's of uh, anger. Slight psychopathic vibes there, isn't it? Because all it took was for her to see a card that said Father's Day and not her not ask or even consider that it was a mistake, go straight to smashing stuff. Yes, indeed. She does say, I'm fiery. That's obviously it. given. If I was him, she would be fiery from the girlfriend position. 
She also then says it's probably breaching data protection. Well, actually, you've been opening mail that's addressed to somebody else as well. So I'd keep very quiet about that one if I was you. Yeah, don't go down that route. No, quite. No, this finger pointing to be done. I think there's quite a lot of fingers pointing at you. And surely it's not data protection breach because it's just been sent to the wrong person. It's not like the other person's address is on there. I don't know. It depends on whether it's personal identifiable data or not. And I suspect it's not. Probably not. If it's just their name. Well, surely there isn't even a name in it because otherwise she would have read that it was some other guy's name and not smashed everything up because it wasn't addressed to her partner. Yeah, good point. I don't know. See, you've got to think logically about these things, you know? You do. Don't go straight to smashing things. <laughs> the gentleman involved said, of course it's not her fault, she's suspicious because I was a naughty boy 15 years ago. Okay, it's okay, his fault so, then, completely. He deserves yeah. to have a smashed computer and well, not really. TV. <laughs> well, not really. Not really. It can be a backdated deserve deserved karma that's what it is it's karma karma well yeah something like that anyway moving on to lucky things i came across an article of a squirrel running across the track at an indy car race just missing the car by well millimeters i would have said very very brave squirrel brave or stupid i wonder what was on the other side uh well that's a very good question that what it wanted (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> to run yeah, across very... a racetrack like that. Yeah, that's a very good question. Mind you, it didn't do the squirrel thing they sometimes do is where they'll run in front Zigzag. of a car and then turn round yeah. and run back again and then get run over. So they make it over in one go and then decide it was better on the other side or whatever mm-hmm. goes through a squirrel's mind before the front wheel of a car. Yes. Very lucky squirrel, that. Very lucky squirrel, but also... It's the sort of thing that you could swerve to avoid and then cause a monumental accident. Mm. Yeah, lucky none of them swerved, actually. Especially, is it was it NASCAR? It was NASCAR, yeah. Yeah, because they have some major crashes, don't they, if they crash? They can do, yeah. No, it wasn't NASCAR, sorry. It was IndyCar, so it was What's on a IndyCar? circuit. It's a little bit like Formula One cars, okay. so that sort of style of car. So open, oh, so it's probably cars. not as fast. Probably is as fast, but it's what I would call a proper circuit rather than an oval. NASCAR tends to be on an oval, so they're yes. forever turning I've left. I've seen Talladega Nights, so I, I yeah. know about NASCAR. Yes, exactly, yeah. And you sometimes do get IndyCars on those circuits, I believe. Mm. But, uh, I don't know too much about it, but it's quite exciting when... We do when there's squirrels stuff. involved, it looks well, amazing. Maybe that's what they need for Formula 1, spice it up a bit more. I don't yes. better this year. Throw a few squirrels in there. <laughs> Throw a bit of squirrels. And snakes in the car. That, yeah. That's the other thing. A random snake in a car will snake make all in the, the difference. Car, yes. What it needs to be is that nobody knows which car it's in, and it's in like a little automatic yes. gate, and you release the car, the snake, like halfway through, and then it just starts slithering up your leg, and that's when you have to keep your cool, get into the pits, get the snake out, and carry on. Yeah, yeah. that'd be so I think, cool. Um, was it Grand Tour did something similar? I, I can't what? remember which one it was. There was no, no, it wasn't with a snake, but the three presenters. I mean, two of which are in their late 50s. They drank quite a, a lot of water. And then at the point they needed to go for a wee, they got in the cars and did a lap and then had to queue up for the toilet. <laughs> and it would be interesting to see the difference in the lap times between yeah, needing I, a wee and not needing a, a yeah. wee. Although if I remember rightly, Clarkson just didn't make it. He doesn't make it. That doesn't surprise me. Of an age. And talking of animals, there was a selection of photos 
on the Daily Mail website, instead of really nice, sharp photos of creatures, they were really rubbish ones. Actually, some of them were quite good, I thought. Mm. There was one of an irate bird, they call it, which is just <laughs> just had enough, basically. And is it's a little bit out of focus, but you can see the rage in the bird's face. It's quite quite clever. And also a goose that's had enough and is attacking a person, which is not unusual, to be honest. Yeah, story of a goose's life, that one. Yes, absolutely. And then a rather unfortunate picture of a squirrel from underneath and a bobcat using the swimming pool as a toilet oh delightful not very nice so i'll post a link to those because i think they're cracking because they're then i will definitely be having a look at those later they sound hilarious (laughs) they all seem to have come from bored panda which is a website that i keep coming across time and time again (laughs) weird news stories and very bizarre facts Maybe, there, maybe there's more on there, who knows. Now, I don't know if you remember, many, many weeks ago, we talked about running the game Doom on a pregnancy tester. Yes. Well, that's right. That was game. many weeks. That was months ago. I think it might have been one of the very first episodes, mm. actually. Anyway, they've been at it again, and they've got it to run on an IKEA smart bulb. Would on you a believe? Bulb? But there's no screen on a, on a bulb. bulb. No, 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 no. They've added a screen to it, but the processor in the oh. bulb is the one that's running Doom. Running so, the Doom. Yeah, so it's not... Yeah, it's, it's a little bit contrived because there isn't a screen. But it has to be said, the actual Doom program is running on the chip that controls the, the bulb. Impressive. Really impressive. And when you think... I mean, they're talking about a 486 33 hertz machine which would have been late 80s early mm. 90s as the machine to have so it's a good few years ago so and when you think that there's a law called moore's law that says the number of transistors on a chip doubles every two years mm. about two years although i think that's possibly run out now that's that's reached the end of its limit but in 30 years that's a lot of progression and a lot more power in a chip yeah. just to control a light bulb Seems crazy, doesn't it? All of our light bulbs we control on our phones and through Alexa, who's now activated. <laughs> As have many around the world. <laughs> <laughs> and also a friend sent to me a really interesting website, which I think I may have seen before, but it's it's still worthy of talking about. And it's called bombsite.org. And it covers London and the London Blitz between october 1940 and june 1941 and it shows you where the bombs landed oh that's cool i mean it's not yeah. cool, but that is cool well it's well, it a piece of history it's it's really very interesting and it tells you a lot about about the bombs themselves so that's a bit of a live thing so so where the roughly where the o2 is now mm. there was a number of bombs so there was parachute mine high explosive bomb uh-huh. Lots of high explosive bombs. So there's a, an indication about what it actually was. When you click on it, it tells you exactly. They need what. to go next level with that. That you like click on the bomb, and it's just like CGI of it landing and blowing up. It'd be interesting to see a before and after. Well, after the blast and how it is now. I think yeah, that would be quite interesting. I don't know be. whether it covers things like V two rockets. Is anywhere gone off where you live? No, it doesn't go that far out. But interestingly, I found somebody posted on our local Facebook group today a sort of potted history of the village from the first parts of the church being built in the 1100s through to 
current day. And on one of those was bombs landing on the infant school in the village during That's the war. Nice. So, and remember, we had you know, Dunsfold is not far away. No. Which was built by the Canadians for the Second World War. So that was a, a possible target as well. Mm. So that's that's very interesting, I think. Particularly if you live in that area, you can see what, what there was that, that fell. And as you zoom out, you get you just see loads and loads of red. I mean, it is, you know, it, it's a staggering that monuments like St Paul's are still standing. Yeah, because they would have been quite easy targets, I reckon. Well, just the amount, I mean, they called it the Blitz, and it was, yeah. it was a Blitz. It's uh, Constant yeah. bombing all around. Yeah, it must have been a terrifying time to live in. Yeah, definitely. Absolutely terrifying. So I had an exciting Monday. Oh, please tell. I took my first trip back into the office. Wow. Yeah, it was a lovely little half day. I just did the morning in the office, but I forgot how nice it was, to be honest. Like really? I, Did you find it okay? <laughs> no, it's such a maze. <laughs> I honestly, I walked in and in my brain I was like, right, I know where this is. I know where it is. I know where it is. Because it wasn't the office. It was like my manager's office because we were go- we were having like a, a big meeting about work and stuff. Not performance review. I already passed that. But <laughs> Oh, very good. <laughs> so it was her office and his office, not my old office, which is in a separate building. So I walk in and I'm like, I know where it is because I've been there before, but also I don't know where it is. And the doors are automated and you have to scan yourself through. And it didn't scan me through because I'm not authorised access to that area. Oh. Because I'm not a manager and I'm not a surgeon. Basically, they're the two requirements you need to get in, and I'm neither of those things. So I had to explain to the lady, I was like, is my manager there? Like, am I allowed in here? Is this where I need to be? And I got it right, thankfully. But it was all very stressful to start with. Yeah, I bet it was. But it was so nice being in an office meeting room with other people and not on a Zoom call. Yeah, I I can imagine. And, I, and they were saying, they were like, oh, are you enjoying working from home? And I was like, well, I was, but now that I've come in, I've kind of missed it. Yeah. <laughs> like, I'm happy either way now. If they need me in the office, I'm happy to go in. But if they want me at home still, then I'll stay at home. Yes, we have no sign of returning. So mm. I don't know what's, uh, what's yeah, going to be the plan there. It was nice to just be able to have a conversation and not trying to figure out if you're... if you can talk because it's easier to pick up on cues and things when you see someone in person. I think I'm going, as of August, I'll be doing one day in the office. Okay, well, that's all right. I like it. And that's the best of both worlds, really, because I do enjoy just rolling out of Hmm. bed, rolling downstairs and turning the on button on my computer. (laughs) Yes, yes, of course. It's, uh, yeah, the commute is brilliant. Yeah, but crazy though. First time I met my line manager in person and my service manager in person that is remarkable isn't it and i've been there six months well you think how many people have changed jobs Mm. and have never been and seen people face to face it must be quite a lot it really is they were as nice as i thought they were obviously i've seen them a lot on face on facetime on um, (laughs) teams they're my vibes they're my kind of people (laughs) my vibes yeah (laughs) just super chill don't really care about like of being formal they're a lot more like if you need to come and chat to us just come and have a chat like don't yeah. get worked up and then like have a go or like get angry or upset they're just like if you've got an issue just come and say it's my oh, kind of 
my kind of people. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. We talked about open plan offices last week, and what I didn't mention is about getting lost in them. (laughs) Because they all look the same. Well, I've worked in a number of large offices at Hewlett-Packard, and the oddity is you get led to a desk when you arrive. Mm. And then you go, okay, so where are the toilets? And how do I get out? And once I'm out, how do I get back again? And you, you need to kind of leave something that, like, sticks up to like signify your desk so that from a yes. distance you can spot it <laughs> that that's a very good idea i had a landmark of a series of clocks showing the time in different different time zones Ooh. but they were all slightly out <laughs> which really frustrated me affected my ocd quite a bit yeah so, i can uh, imagine fortunately there was only one wall with those on there so if you could see the row of clocks you knew you were fairly close and yeah was, at least you could walk up and down until you spotted your bag yeah <laughs> So we've had some quite a bit of rain over the last week and been up so to the allotment for yeah. we had less than was forecast at one point, but it was still quite a lot. So I haven't been up to the allotment, so I'm imagining all the weeding I did a week or so ago has now reappeared. Especially with the sunshine we've had yes, today. Exactly. Yeah. It's, it's ideal for we've got a weird plant that sticks out of our decking that we will be getting rid of. But it's like tripled in size in a week yeah, yeah they do that sunshine and water well needs to all... go well it makes the weeds grow i've managed to salvage two brussels sprout plants from the carnage of whatever it was that ate the others but they are growing so slowly i mean they're uh, looking quite good there were three but one of them's gone a bit wilty got a bit leggy well you don't need them just yet do you so no but interesting i've been watching clarkson's farm which i highly recommend I've heard it's, that's it's, a bit on the edge some points. Very on the funny. Edge of what? It is very funny. Mm. Um, and by his own admission, he's the most unsuitable person to run a farm ever. Yes. <laughs> but he loves doing it. And I think, I won't spoil it, but the amount of money he makes in the year is, is very, very small indeed. But he thoroughly enjoys it. Yeah, that is really, doesn't And he? he's doing a lot for the environment as well in terms mm. of conservation. So, But anyway, I mean, one of the things that you appreciate for having seen that is that timing is everything and weather could really affect your crops. And I think that's what I've discovered with these Brussels is that mm. even though it started to grow, it could be too late. Yeah. So you've, you've missed the period where they really need to grow to grow so it'd be interested to see what happens but getting yeah. stuff in on time is is really important and it's obviously there's a big difference between nine meter by three allotment and a thousand acre farm yes definitely <laughs> talking of growing we um left our beloved blueberry plant at the house because we didn't want it traveling in the van because we were a bit worried that oh, it was yeah. gonna something was gonna happen to it so he got picked up on must have been Monday or Tuesday. Oh, no, okay. yeah. Monday or Tuesday, we picked him up in the car. He got seat belted in. Fantastic. Lucky boy. So many blueberries. Oh, brilliant. When we left him, they were all, they were starting to grow. Very green still. But there's so many blue ones now and they taste really good. We've got Excellent. another great crop of blueberries. That's good. I have to report my strawberry thief is back. Do you know what it is? Uh, I think it's small and furry. So uh, what, I, what I'm going to do is make up a, an additional cage, which is lined with metal mesh. On so, top of the other cage? Well, it's around the strawberries. Strawberries are in a raised bed. 
and I was down there watering one morning. I thought, right, I'll measure it. And instead of opening the shed and getting tape measure out, I decided to measure it with my feet, <laughs> which was an act of lunacy, to be honest. So I measured it, and I got, I got home, and I've got some old trellis that we had, and I thought, that is perfect for it. So I measured it with my feet and thought, oh, I'll just do it a bit more. So I cut four of these things, and I managed yeah. to staple the wire on one, and I looked at him and that is far too big. I think uh, it needs to be quite tight around it. So, yeah. I thought, oh, well, that's not a problem. I'll pop up there and measure it. And we haven't had a dry day when I've been free since. <laughs> so hopefully, Friday afternoon or evening, it will be dry. We'll be able to go and, up and uh, measure it out. At least have a measure and then try and dig out some weeds. Mm. Peas are certainly coming on well, but everything feels a little bit late because of the weather we've had. Yeah, it's... we didn't have much sun, did we, until a couple of weeks ago? No, we had that very dry period in April, hot and dry for a couple of weeks. Yeah. To be honest, I have come to my own conclusion. There is no research or anything to back this up other than my head. Oh, dear. That the, the weather being delayed and it was being rainy for so long is the reason the hay fever is so bad this year. Oh, yeah, because it would have come on with a Because, like, the spring flower. and summer yeah. flowers are all coming together. Yes, I think you're so, like, right. So, like, all the pollen is just everywhere. It's not okay. No, it's not. Not okay. No, definitely not. So, do you have a top tip? I do. Well, it's a kind of top tip. And it may oh. not be my top tip next week after I've done some DIY. Okay. <laughs> it might be an anti-tip. It might be an anti-tip. Well, my top tip is a very simple, more of a slogan than a top tip. It's give it a go. If you look at something and you think, oh, I could pay someone to do that, give it a go yourself first. See how it goes, then pay someone if it goes badly. Yes, I rather think the people that were trying to fix the road outside our house had that uh, (laughs) mindset. We'll give it a go. Oh, we've gone through a gas pipe. I might backtrack next week, but at the moment we're in give it a go mode. Well, that's that's very commendable. Yeah, the dining table together myself did a cracking job. Excellent. Not attempting to put the TV on the wall, though. No. Because if that doesn't go well, that's a wall down and a smashed TV. Yeah, that's that's not good. But other than that, give it a go. Yes. (laughs) And also stay away from plumbing or electrics if you're not sure. So I have a fun fact. Is it fun? It is fun. Is it a fact? No, it's it's a fact. I'm not sure it's fun, but it is interesting. Okay. So Joseph Strauss, the structural Mm. engineer who built the Golden Gate Bridge Mm. in San Francisco. Yes. Was concerned about the safety of his workers. So he had a net installed underneath the bridge during the construction, which saved 19 lives. What a clever man. Well, what a very thoughtful man. Yeah, that's very commendable, actually, in those days, isn't it? To think about the actual workers. Yes, and I mean, the high steel workers, there's some black and white photos of them having lunch sat on a steel girder, mile, well, not miles, but a substantial distance above the city. That the question terrifies is, me. That picture is awesome, that one of them all sat having their lunch. But have you seen the picture of the man taking the picture? That is terrifying. No, I haven't. We'll He's like that one balancing up. on the edge of what, similar to what they're on, but trying to stand up and angle the camera to get them all in. Yes, I've just found it. That really is quite terrifying. Yeah. 
and yeah. he's got his leg one either side of a pole. Yeah. That how? is remarkable. I, the thing that's always impressed me about, well, now both of those photos, is how well-dressed the workers are. I mean, the yes. photographer's in decent pair of trousers, some very smart brogues, tie. And you know, he's, he's dressed for the office. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. That is amazing. Absolutely amazing. Well, on that high-level note... Mm. That's it for this podcast. Thank you so much for listening. You can help spread Lippy and Grumpy's view on life by leaving a review on your favourite podcast platform. If you're not sure how to leave a review, or if you download from Spotify, there's some help at lippyandgrumpy.uk slash review. And if you would like to get in touch, email podcast at lippyandgrumpy.uk. So it's goodbye from me. And goodbye from him. Goodbye. Goodbye.